Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 142nd episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. This episode was inspired by this quote by Jill Bolte-Taylor. Please be responsible for the energy you bring into this space. Now, I know every mom listening is thinking, absolutely, my teen needs to be responsible for the energy they bring into my space. You're tired of them bursting through the front door, running up the stairs, and then slamming their door. You're tired of the eye rolls. You're tired of the angry energy when they slam the door or punch the wall or yell expletives from their room. You're tired of their entitled energy like, why won't you buy me a new car or why won't you take me shopping? You're tired of their defensive energy. Why do you think I failed that test? You made me do the dishes and that teacher's an idiot. You're tired of their negative, whiny and dramatic energy. I hate my school. No one likes me. I'm fat. I hate my hair. My clothes are ugly. You're tired of their pushy energy. Why won't you let me go to Brian's house? Why won't you let me buy that crop top? Why can't I have my phone in my room at night? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could keep that energy out of your house? Unfortunately, that would be impossible to do unless you kicked your teens out. Because of your teen's brain development, their emotions are going to be all over the place. The clinical term is emotionally labile. 
And that term seems so sterile compared to what it's like to live in the midst of your teen's emotional storm with thunderclouds and a few lightning bolts included. So as moms, we try to control our teen's turbulent energy. Now, I do think we can teach our teens to manage their energy, but that's another podcast. We can teach our teens to manage their energy, but we can't control their energy. But we sure try. I've had a lot of moms tell me that they go into their daughter's room, who is being overly dramatic and whiny, and they try to cheer their daughters up, i.e. trying to control their energy. And what happens is that the teen girl ends up being more dramatic, and then mom gets so frustrated with her that she ends up yelling at her and just makes it worse. We can try to control their energy by doing everything we can to make them happy. We don't want an angry boy or angry teen girl in our house, so we go out of our way to doing special things for them. Like, I bought you your favorite peppermint mocha from Starbucks. Do you need any money for shopping? A dad told me that he couldn't stand seeing his daughter unhappy, so he gave her his credit card and told her, you know, just have fun. Well, when Dad saw that he had over $2,000 of charges on his credit card from her feel-good shopping spree, well, of course, he was furious and ended up yelling at her and thus making her unhappy. Sometimes moms try to keep their teens happy by not bringing anything up that would irritate them. So they don't tell them to go pick up their clothes. They don't confront them about the white claw cans under their bed. They never ask them about their schoolwork, all in the guise of trying to keep them happy, which, as you can see, usually backfires. You can try to control their energy by threatening them, but the ironic thing here is often when a parent is in that threatening mode, the parent is usually furious and using angry energy to subdue their teen's angry energy. A parent's angry energy doesn't make their teen have good energy. It's quite the opposite. A parent's angry energy won't make a teen be happy or content. It will only escalate the anger. You can't control anyone else's energy. I'm sure you know that you can't dictate your partner's energy. You can only control your energy. And going back to Jill Bolte-Taylor's quote, You can only take responsibility for the energy you, mom, bring into a space. A challenge for moms is that we are 100% aware of our teen's energy and our partner's energy, well, really everyone else's energy, but unaware of the energy we bring into a room. Reason being, we aren't focusing on ourselves; We are focusing on everyone else. And this was true for me as a mom. My daughter, even from an early age, was reading my energy. I remember when my daughter was five and I was in this push mode, get her done mindset. I was rushing around the house and I actually had no clue that I was stressed out. But it was obvious to a five-year-old girl. In the middle of my hustling through my house, she said, Mom, I think you need to have a quiet time meaning she could see that I was stressed out of my mind and I needed to chill out. And my daughter was right. Our teens are watching us, and especially they are reading our face. 
our face is speaking at all times. And most of the time, we are not aware of what our face is saying. Another way to say that is they are reading our energy by looking at our face. When your kids come home, does your face light up with a huge smile that lets your kids know how happy you are to see them? If they do see delight on your face, congratulations. That's wonderful. But most of the time, that's not what our teens see, and here's why. Moms can get stuck in monitor mode, which means we are in a very different energy than if we are, let's say, laying in a lounge chair by the beach. To understand what's on a mom's face, you have to delve deep into a mom's brain. Mom's brain has 999 things that she's trying to keep track of. Like, did my daughter eat enough food before she went to soccer? Did my son remember to take home his dirty uniform? Did she clean her room like she said she would? You looked at your daughter's online grades, which said she hasn't been turning in her homework. You think, I've got to make sure she does her math problems before volleyball practice. See, when we are in monitor mode, we miss out on lots of information because we are hyper-focused on the issue at hand. Like, is my daughter doing her homework or is she watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy? Here's what typically happens. You're not thinking she's doing her homework. You're thinking that my daughter is probably watching Grey's Anatomy, and so you're already frustrated with her. And then you think if she misses any more homework, her math grade will go down to a C. And if this happens, her grade point average will go down, and she will never get into a good college. Okay, moms, you know I am not exaggerating. This is how our minds work. Now let me ask you a question. What do you think your face is saying if you are thinking these thoughts? What is your son or daughter seeing? Well, let's just say you're not smiling, you're frowning, your brow is furrowed, there's an intensity on your face. This intense mom face is a surefire way to repel your teen. They will avoid that face. They will hide in their room. They know the monitor is about to pounce on them, so they will flee and not want to stay in the same room with you. Now, I don't like this any better than you. Like I said, my daughter could read my intensity at five years old. The intense mom face just doesn't come from being a monitor. The intense mom face is when we are overwhelmed and there's just too much to do. As I'm recording this, it's December, the busiest month of the year. Many of you moms have end-of-the-year deadlines at work. You're dealing with more parties, entertainment, your teen's finals, your in-laws are coming soon, your computer crashed, and you're tired of being the Uber driver and everyone else's personal assistant. And you haven't had enough sleep. You've missed a lot of your workouts. You haven't been able to do yoga or have any me time. There's just no me time, and when there's no me time, well, you get the intense mom face. Here's the deal. If your teen sees the intense mom face, they can't distinguish, is this because mom's frustrated with me, or is it because mom's just overwhelmed with having 35 guests over to her house on Christmas? Your teens will look at your wrinkled brow and assume you're mad at them. Here's the deal. Your face is talking. Your teens can tell there is something off with that wrinkled brow, and they react to you like saying, 
what when you literally have not said anything with your words, but they are reading your intense mom face and they think you're about to pounce on them. When you're in an overwhelmed or monitor mom mode, you tend to bring an intense energy into the house. Often you're bringing even a irritable, frustrated, a little angry, sometimes defeated, maybe sad energy into your space. And your energy can spread. If you have anxious, worried energy about your teen's performance at school, your teen picks up your anxious, worried energy. Your anxious energy won't help your teen do any better in school. It just makes them feel more pressured and anxious. I'm not here to shame you or say that you're a bad mom. But most parenting books aren't telling you to take responsibility for the energy you bring into the space. But the energy you bring into your home is super important. The energy you bring into your house can influence everyone else's energy. You can set a positive standard of energy in your home that everyone else can sync up to. It's guaranteed that your teens are going to bring their chaotic energy into your home. But you can have a grounded, peaceful energy that can chill out their chaos. If we are not aware of this dynamic, what frequently happens is we entrain or sink down to the negative energy instead of bringing our teens up to a higher level or higher vibration. In other words, you can have a positive influence on your teens' energy, not by trying to make them happy, but by you being grounded, peaceful, and happy. Too many moms feel like they can't be happy if their teen isn't happy. And I know I have definitely been pulled into that. But when we fall into that trap, it makes us dependent on our teen's mood. Just by changing our mood or our energy is a way we can help lift the energy in our homes. I remember a mom telling me about how she went all out on a birthday party for her six-year-old son. She had all the bells and whistles. She invested so much of her money and so much of her time and she was having the whole class at school and their parents over to her house for her son's birthday party. And she wanted it to be amazing for her son. But what happened is when the party started, the mom was so exhausted, she collapsed on the sofa and she didn't enjoy the party or her son at all. Some of you may feel burdened or even discouraged by knowing that your energy makes a big difference in your home. But I want you to hear this as good news. Too often I hear moms not enjoying Christmas or the winter break. They aren't enjoying their vacations and they aren't enjoying this season of parenting. And it doesn't have to be this way. What if you could feel good while you are parenting a teen? What if you didn't have to feel overwhelmed? If you didn't have to be worried or stressed the whole time? What if you could raise your own energy Wouldn't that feel good? So how do you take responsibility for the energy you bring into your home? One, it starts with awareness and intention. Awareness emerges when you start paying attention to the signs. Does your teen avoid you and hide in their room? Does your partner tune you out? If you were going to pick three words to describe what you were feeling, what would they be? If they are content, peaceful, grateful, then you are in good shape. 
but if they are exhausted, frustrated, disappointed, then you're going to be wearing this on your face. Again, I'm not saying you should be all Akuna Matata from The Lion King. Don't worry, be happy. But if you choose words like exhausted and frazzled, your body is telling you it needs to be tended to with love and kindness and some serious self-care. Now that you have awareness, you can create an intention. An intention is what you want your life to be like and who you want to be. Intentions are guiding principles, reminders to help you get back on track. We need reminders because we all get dragged into the weeds, especially at predictable times like holidays, mornings before school, and evenings and bedtimes. The times when stress is highest in your home and teens are not at their best. Well, you may say, I have no idea what my intention is, and and I get that. So, a great way to choose your intentions is to identify what you don't want. Like, I don't want to be exhausted, frazzled, and stressed. So then, if that's not what I want, then turn it around. If I don't want to be exhausted, I want to be rested. If I don't want to be frazzled, I want to be at peace. If I don't want to be stressed... Well, ask yourself, why are you stressed? Maybe you're not organized. Maybe you take on too much. Maybe you put everyone else's needs before you. If that's the case, maybe your intention really is to be kind to yourself. So now put that all together. Like, I intend to be rested, at peace, and kind to myself. You want it short and sweet so you can remember it. It's good to set an intention for a certain period of time, like, I think it would be great if you set an intention for the holidays. So your intention would sound like this. I intend to stay rested at peace and be kind to myself during the holidays. Some people prefer to use the word choose. I choose to be rested at peace and be kind to myself during the holidays. And here's why this works. So much of the time, we are in reaction. So, for example, we react when our teens won't get out of bed when they need to get up for school. But really, this should be of no surprise since they haven't gotten out of bed and been on time for school the entire semester. Intentions are a way that you prepare yourself so that you don't go into reaction. It sets you free from being a victim of everyone else's bad moods or bad behavior. You are taking responsibility for your part, and let's face it, feeling rested, at peace, and being kind to yourself feels way better than being exhausted, frazzled, and stressed. And to add to this, you can turn your intention into an intentional question. Many times during the day, we are at mercy of our automatic questions we ask ourselves like, why did I eat that whole bag of chips? Why did I scarf down that entire bag of Oreos when I bought that for my son. Why can't I get it together? Why am I not more organized? So automatic questions are just another way to beat yourself up. Intentional questions help you bring your intention into your day. Intentional questions help refocus your attention from obsessing on your teen to staying grounded in yourself. So how do you do this? Well, it's simple. So if your intention is that I choose to be rested, at peace, and kind to myself, then just turn it into a question. So how can I stay rested at peace and be kind to myself today? 
See how that brings it home and makes it real? Now you're taking intention and turning it into action. So I would recommend writing your intention and intentional questions down on an index card or post-it note so you will remember it. Here's the thing. If you do this, your face will begin to show rest, peace, and kindness. So the second way you take responsibility for the energy you bring into your home is to get out of push mode or monitor mode. Now, I need to tell you, I am definitely guilty of this. And so this is a good reminder for me going into the holidays. I don't think I have to give you a definition of push mode, but I can tell you what it's like for me. I want to complete something. I want to check it off my list. My mom would call it a bee in your bonnet. Like the thing that you want to get done is buzzing around your head. And I kind of see it like a snowplow. You're just plowing ahead and your family and softer things like emotions get pushed to the side. Now, monitor mode is similar, but it's more focused on getting your teen to complete something. You want your teen to finish their project, complete their college applications, unload the dishwasher, mow the lawn, or rake the leaves. And yes, the monitor can be like a snowplow again, but this time you're plowing away anything in the way of your agenda, which often... The relationship with your teen is the thing that gets tossed aside. Okay, I'm not saying there is anything wrong with push mode or monitor mode. It is needed. The problem comes when we get stuck in that gear. Like I remember driving down to the coast as a senior in high school, and I was going about 70 miles an hour, and the accelerator got stuck. And it I couldn't get it unstuck. It was super scary. So I had to turn off the car. Obviously, everything turned out fine. And moms, it's like we're driving down the highway and we're going 70, 80, 90, maybe even 100 miles an hour. And that accelerator gets stuck. And that's when it becomes a problem. So what can help is to take small pauses. And this is totally doable. Take five-minute breaks throughout the day. So instead of checking your social media for the hundredth time, just take five minutes. And a good time to take a five-minute pause is in your transitions. Like when you come home from work, you just sit in the car for five minutes. Or when you finish preparing dinner, take a five-minute break. You can set an alarm on your phone to remind you to pause mid-morning or mid-afternoon. This could be a very long bathroom break. I want to keep this simple because I know y'all are busy, so you can do this. Now, what do you do during these five minutes? You breathe deeply. So think yoga breathing. You can listen to meditation music, silence, or ocean sounds. You can do the box breathing, where you breathe into a count of four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four, and repeat. And so it's like this. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, Exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. And just say that in your mind. And just do this for five minutes. And here's why this is important. Deep breathing is telling your body that you can relax now. When you are in push mode, you are in stress response, and the body feels like there is something wrong, so all your muscles tense up, your body is pumped with adrenaline and cortisol, and again, when you are in stress response, you wear that on your face too. 
So the five minutes isn't going to transport you to nirvana land, but it will slow your thoughts down and help your body relax. Try it, and you're going to see that it works. Another thing that will help, and this, again, is the best way to get yourself out of stress response, is to get 20 to 30 minutes of cardio a day. This cleanses your body of excess cortisol and adrenaline that comes from being stressed all day long. And I know you're thinking, are you kidding me? This is the busiest time of year. I don't have time for that. Well, yeah, I know that. But this is the time of year you really need to. So yesterday, I had a lovely walk with my dog. The weather is gorgeous. I walked about three miles in the park, but it just wasn't cardio. And so last night, I tossed and turned and tossed and turned because my body was still wound up. So is 20 minutes of cardio worth it? If you feel more relaxed in your body and you can sleep better? I believe so. So today, even though it was very busy, I made sure that I got my cardio. The third way you take responsibility for the energy you bring into a room is to practice Botox Brow. Michelle Eichard, who I interviewed on this podcast in episode 105, talks about practicing Botox Brow, which I think is hilarious and also very helpful. And here's what she says in her book, 14 Talks by Age 14. Begin to develop what I call a Botox Brow. Before you turn to talk with your teen, and especially at that moment your kid catches you off guard with a surprising or upsetting news, I advise parents, pretend you are a celebrity on a late night talk show who has been so overly Botoxed you can't move your forehead at all. You will feel like a robot, a Stepford parent. If you do, you're doing it right. If you feel like a deer in the headlights, you're doing it wrong. You want to look emotionless, not shocked. You may feel it's unkind to convey a lack of emotion, but your tween will see this as freeing. You're not judging them at all. The more you practice Botox brow, the more your teen will open up to you, knowing that you provide a safe, neutral zone for talking things out. There are two other good reasons to adopt a neutral face when talking to your teen. The first is so that they don't misinterpret any of your emotions as anger when you're really maybe not angry. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't feel or model a full range of healthy emotions, including anger over some things when it's appropriate. This technique is intended to help you avoid miscommunication, not rob you of your humanity. The second reason is to create an opening for your teen to listen to you. When you are red-faced and ranting, your child is quick to tune you out, claiming you're overreacting. If you can talk with a neutral face, your kid has no reason to stop listening. I think this is great advice. So moms, let's practice Botox brow. And again, what Michelle knows is that our teens are constantly reading our faces. So the fourth way you take responsibility for the energy you bring into a room is to take yourself lightly. I think the best way to soften intense mom face is to take yourself lightly. If you are stuck in the shackles of perfectionism, this will be really hard to do. If you expect yourself to get everything right and are crushed if it isn't, then you're not taking yourself lightly. I remember my sweet grandmother during the holidays would make her famous lemon meringue pie, and of course, everything was from scratch. And she would gently put this piece of art in the oven, and when she took it out, if the meringue was not perfectly toasted, my grandmother's mood would plummet. She, again, would be crushed. 
Now, I'm not the best cook in the world, so if my birthday cake doesn't rise and it's the shortest birthday cake ever, well, I take myself lightly, meaning I can laugh at myself. Taking yourself lightly is that you know that your best laid plans can have a kink. You wanted the perfect Christmas dinner and your oven stops working. Your dog eats the pumpkin pie. Taking yourself lightly knows that life is not perfect and that if things aren't perfect or just right, it can make a really great story. Like the time my yellow lab ate five filet mignons before we could put them on the grill. Well, I sure wasn't happy at the time. And that is the only time I've ever really saw my dad get angry because he loved his red meat. But it sure makes a good story. You want to take yourself lightly, and you also want to take your kids lightly. And when you do that, you allow them to be the beautiful, imperfect human beings that they are, and you expect their immaturity because they are immature. And this is not a surprise. So to do this, you need to lower expectations for yourself and for your family. I remember one of my moms who took my program tell me, oh, I had such a good time with my son last week. And I asked her what changed, and she told me, well, I lowered my expectations of him. Now, I am not saying that you have no expectations, but if you're caught up in that perfectionistic hamster wheel, your expectations are unrealistic. They are so high that you've left planet Earth. Lowering your expectations for yourself can help you relax. You wanted to make three homemade desserts, and you ran out of time, so you bought a pie at the grocery store. You wanted to make your Martha Stewart desserts, and that would have been so lovely. But given everything that was going on, it wasn't realistic. So being able to enjoy time with your friends and family and actually sit down and visit, well, it was worth buying that store pie. Lowering your expectation for your teen often means you leave some room to see them as human beings. You don't want to be seen as a mother machine, and your teen doesn't want to be pushed like they are a grade machine. Sometimes your teen will have a bad day, and they need to take care of their heart. So when you take yourself lightly, and you lower the expectations, and you come closer to the earth, you will wear that on your face. Your muscles soften in your face, no more furrowed brow. You smile more, laugh more, and your eyes might even sparkle. My question for you today is what do you want your face to say to your family? This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it. If you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast a five-star review, this makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere, you can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.